As you may have guessed from the title, the history of everything sex may not be suitable for all audiences. Please use discretion. All right, here we are. Want to say you're welcome? Yes. Welcome to the new, brand new, spanking new podcast. You said spanking. Spanking <laughs> called The History of Everything Sex. Indeed. We are your sexperts. Sexperts and hostesses. Sexucators. Your sextologists. There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm Melinda. I'm Terry. So bear with us because we are learning as we go here and we assume things will just get better every week, every episode yep. as we navigate and learn how to do editing and work on sound quality. But mm-hmm. even in the beginning, it's still going to be pretty awesome. It's just uh, not going to be perfect right. maybe for a little while, but hang in there with us. It's yes. going to get great. Please buckle um, up. We're not historians, but maybe we're sextorians. Yes. Maybe. Kind of sounds like we eat food that other people don't right. eat. Right. Like, like that, Sagittari- really. <gasps> Sexitarians. There you go. Sagittarians. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's jump right into our first episode. So this episode is a history of sex on TV. Mm. Shocking TV moments. So I say the shocking TV moments with a... It's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. But when these firsts occurred, they truly were groundbreaking and controversial. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So throughout the 1800s, many, many, many moons ago, mm-hmm. the idea of transmitting images over wires and transforming images to electronic waves that can travel through air was discussed. Very science fiction-y. Mm-hmm. Um, it was experimented with and eventually successfully done. The first television was built in 1906, just over a hundred years ago. By 1936, there were about 2,000 televisions in the whole world. Wow. By 1948, there were a million televisions just in the United States. Jeez. By 1950, there were over a hundred TV stations in the United States. Most were local, I imagine. Mm-hmm. 1951 saw the first color television broadcast. And at that point, 9% of U.S. homes had TVs. I'm assuming those were the rich people. Only 9%? Mm-hmm. In wow. 1951. Huh. In 1960, nine years later, 90% of homes in America had televisions. Okay. So in nine years, it went from 9% to 90. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And by 1996, there were more than a billion homes in the world that had televisions. Yeah. So with this wonderful invention that could send these sci-fi airwaves right into your house. Of course, the U.S. government can't just sit and let people broadcast whatever they want. So the FCC, or Federal Communications Commission, was formed in 1934 to regulate radio and television content. The FCC is five commissioners, which are appointed by the U.S. President and confirmed by the Senate. The president also chooses one of those five commissioners to head the board. Mm -hmm. No more than three of these commissioners can be on the same political party, and they serve five-year terms. Hmm. Who knew? Interesting. Mm -hmm. The FCC's rulemaking process is one called notice and comment, where they give the public some kind of heads up on new rules 
or changes to existing rules. They collect comments and then they decide whether to enact or change the rules or whatever. Mm -hmm. There are three types of material that the FCC regulates that we're interested in for our sex topic today. Okay. We have the obscene, mm-hmm. the indecent, mm-hmm. and the profane. In that order probably is how Damn right. the levels. While Put the, me right on profane, please. <clears throat> While the First Amendment allows more or less anything to be said or shown on TV, there has to be some rules. Of course. Let any knucklehead with a mic and a camera put whatever they want out in the world, right? Right, right. So the big three, the Holy Trinity, what are these all about? So let's break it down. Obscene material is anything that fits all three of these criteria. An average person applying contemporary community standards must find that the material as a whole appeals to the prurient (laughs) interest. Mm. You know what prurient means? I don't. I can't even say it. According to the Google Dictionary, Uh it means having or encouraging an excessive interest in sexual matters. Okay. So it's sexy time. Sexy time, yeah. Um, The second criteria, the material must depict or describe in a patently offensive way sexual conduct specifically defined by applicable law. Mm -hmm. And third, the material taken as a whole must lack serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Okay. That's a lot going on there. That is a lot for obscene. Yeah, and that last point, you know, makes me just think of, like, National Geographic. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not obscene because there's scientific value Science, to right, that. Right, right, right. It's educational. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, indecent material. This is defined as language or material that, in context depicts or describes in terms patently offensive as measured by contemporary community standards for the broadcast medium, sexual or excretory organs or activities. So, hmm. so, so that's sexual stuff, but then also poop, poop and pee and yeah. So that would be indecent. Correct. Okay. Yep, and it can be depict or described. Then we have profane material. Language that is, quote, both so grossly offensive to members of the public who actually hear it as to amount to a nuisance and is sexual or excretory in nature or derived from such terms. So Hmm. that's profane. Okay. So this is about language. Okay. So... By law, broadcasting obscene content, that was that higher, highest of the hierarchy, mm-hmm. um, that's banned at all times on all formats. It's not protected by the First Amendment. Okay. So not even cable television. Gotcha. Okay. Indecent and profane material are protected by the First Amendment. However, Congress has been given authority to prohibit these types of materials from being broadcast at times when kids are likely to see or hear them, which is 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Okay, so that's a Nick at Night. Not Nick at Night. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Adult Swim. Adult Swim. Yeah. Nick at Night. Goodness. And you know, it even reminds me of like when you're listening to the radio, and if you 
pay attention. Like during the day, they use those edited versions, but sometimes, like if oh, you're yeah. if you're wild enough to stay up past 10 p.m. and you have right. the radio the songs, on, yeah, the songs might have the the bad words, the the lyrics in them. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Which is kind of also crazy because I always think of like when I was growing up, I think of the most like risque shows and I feel like it was the soap operas and they were on and they right were in the afternoon. On, right. Well, maybe it's because kids were supposed to be at school at that time. I think you're right. So it's like the moms, the housewives the that are staying housewives. home and they can watch their stories. Exactly. They needed a little. Yes. Oomph to get them through the afternoon. Yes. So now that we all know that television has only been common in the United States households for about 60 years, is it easy or hard to believe that there was a time when even the word pregnant was too risque to be said on television? That's crazy. It's not a bad word. It's not a bad word. It's not explicit. Right. (laughs) To someone it was. Right. And I think of like early television as black and white, like wholesome shows. Lassie, Leave It to Beaver, My Three Sons, mm-hmm. Andy Griffith, uh, the what is the the whole family that lives in the house? Full House? No, 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 no. Good night, Jim Bob. Oh, the Waltons. The Waltons. Yeah. Okay. Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Um, Highway to Heaven. No, that's later. <laughs> I just had Michael Landon on yes, the brain. <laughs> but those were such wholesome shows. Yeah. And now what you've all been waiting for, drum roll please, we will reward those who have hung in there a timeline of firsts. Okay. So we're going to start with an almost, a near miss, almost the first nudity on television was in 1942 when Tweety Bird was drawn without feathers. Boom, boom, boom. Dun, dun, dun. Did he just look like a plucked little... Bird. He must have been ugly as hell. I know. I can't Poor imagine. Thing. It was for A Tale of Two Kitties, mm-hmm. but the artist, Mr. Clampett, <laughs> was told the tune was too naked. So Tweety was redrawn, redrawn with his signature yellow feathers. Thank God. Why wouldn't you put feathers on a... I have no idea. Maybe he wasn't a good artist. A house bird. I mean, this isn't... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. in a cage. It's like, this is somebody's pet. I know. And it's a cartoon. You right. want it to be cute, not And scary. colorful. Right. This is like, they threw like Ren and Stimpy animation into... Mm, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense. No. I'm glad that... Tweety, I'm told. glad you got your feathers, man. Same. I wonder if like Sylvester was originally naked too. Maybe. gross. Yeah. Ew. They just look like nut sacks. Yeah. Gross. Oh, no. Technically, the first sitcom on TV in 1942 was called Mary Kay and Johnny, and it's said to be the first show that depicted people of the opposite sex, the married in real life title couple, sleeping in the same bed. But this show was aired before TV was common, and no episodes were preserved. So there's some debate if this actually counts, so we're just going to kind of skip it. And okay. go to the more accepted firsts, like accepted as. Mary Kay and Johnny, you were close. Sorry, you make honorable mention of our list today. Right. Should have recorded yourself and kept it. So in 1953, <clears throat> Lucille Ball was the first pregnant woman to be shown on television. 
Lucy was pregnant in real life, and she wanted to write this into the show, and it took a lot of convincing, but eventually the show's producers agreed. However, they were adamant that the word pregnant would not be used. So the episode was titled, Lucy is Enciente. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh-huh. And that's the French word for pregnant. Huh. And in the six episodes that followed and led up to the delivery of the baby, Lucy was having a baby or expecting, but she was never pregnant. That's crazy. I know. It's like, why, why can't you just say that I word? Know. It's nuts. As, well, because then that leads to, well, how did she get pregnant? But when you see her stomach and you know that there is a fetus inside of it, you know she's pregnant. You just can't say the word. It's, yeah. Right. It's beyond me. I have no idea. As a side note, when the episode where Lucy went to the hospital and little Ricky was born aired, 72% of homes who had televisions tuned in to watch. Mm-hmm. Also, the show was aired the same day as Lucille Ball's scheduled C-section. Mm-hmm. And they did not know ahead of time uh, that she was going to have a boy. Uh-huh. But the script had already been written that she was going to have a boy on TV. Yeah. And so everybody was just like extra excited that it turns out that she did have a boy that in real life. That she actually life. had a boy. And yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. In 1959, the first couple depicted sleeping in the same bed was Ozzy and Harriet. But even earlier than that, I found in 1956... Ozzy was shown in a double bed, giving the impression that the couple, married in real life, shared a bed at night. Mm-hmm. So in 1956, they alluded to it. Right. But then in 1959, they were actually seen in bed They were together. like actually in the bed. Bom, bom. Probably with the blankets, mm-hmm. probably sitting up. Mm-hmm. They each had an, a lamp <laughs> next to them. Right. They were sitting like the bed completely perfect. Mm-hmm. And he probably had on those pajamas that the men always wore where they like yes. buttoned down Button and, the down and had pants. the matching pants and she had Slippers on Slippers by the bed. She had on like a uh, a little nightgown, but then a robe to go over the nightgown. It really sure. wasn't much of a robe. Exactly. Yes. Very um, innocent. Yes. Very. In 1960, the groundbreaking Flintstones was the first animated show where the married couple shared a bed. And, That's exciting. I know. And on October 1st, 1964, the first TV couple who were not married in real life who were seen sharing a bed. Who do you think that was? So, 1964. Mm-hmm. M- not married. Not married in real life, not but married, married in, on the show. Okay, married on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, because we've already had Lucy and Desi. Ozzy and Harriet. Ozzy and Harriet. All, all really Lucy married. Lucy and Desi didn't sleep in the same bed. They had separate beds. Oh, yeah. They had, like, twin beds, didn't they? So, non-married in real life, couple on TV sharing the bed. Shit. Uh, How about the the Cleavers? No. Lord, no. They probably didn't even share a bedroom. Yeah. I don't know. It was Samantha and Darren. Oh, Bewitched. Bewitched. Yeah. Yes. Which is how Tabitha came along. Yes. Tabitha was the cutest little... I know. Cutest little thing. So there's some debate around when and where the word pregnant was first said on air. We're back to the pregnant thing. Mm -hmm. And I found reference to the show The Defenders. 
which had an episode in season one, which aired in 1962, mm-hmm. where the lawyers defend an abortion provider, mm. which had to be so wild. At right, that, right, I mean, right. Really. So taboo back then. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't find a way to watch the episode, so I can't confirm that the word was actually used. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I was able to see a clip of an episode of Dick Van Dyke mm-hmm. called Never Name a Duck, which aired September 26th of 1962, mm-hmm. and I can confirm that there was a woman who definitely says the word pregnant in reference to her cat. Okay. So he, we're, not, we're not calling it people yet. No. We're just... Correct. Her whore of a cat was pregnant. Right. But, but no people. <laughs> no people. In 1968, we have our first interracial kiss televised. And it was between... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, William Shatner. Yes. And his, the, the um, I can't think of what her name is on the show. Uh, I don't know her name on the show she's, either. She's, she's... Well, I can't think of her real name either. Her real name mm. is Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle Nichols. But she is the um, crew member. That's the word I was looking for. The crew member. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. That so, makes sense. Obviously, for those who don't know, William Shatner's a white guy. <clears throat> Nichelle Nichols was an African-American woman. Mm-hmm. And they kissed. Star Trek is also credited with showing the first woman's belly button twice accidentally Mm -hmm. but the credit with purposely showing her navel first Mm -hmm. in 1971 was this is somebody this is not the same show correct okay uh 1971 um i'm gonna say was it a tv show yes was it like a variety show yes was it Cher? It was. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me because Cher, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Homegirl walked around with that belly button showing right. all I would the too. time. Well, right. Exactly. She probably does now. I'm sure she does. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally would. You go, girl. Okay. So everything's getting a little crazy mm-hmm. now. In 1972. Belly buttons everywhere. Right. In 1972, two months before Roe v. Wade, B. Arthur, as Maud, had a legal abortion. At that time, abortion was legal in New York, where Maud lived, and at the age of 47, she and her husband decided to terminate a surprise pregnancy. I am sure a lot of people had a lot to say about that. I'm sure they got lots of calls to the FCC about that one, how that's, yeah. I think B. Arthur was good at pushing the envelope a little bit. I yeah. like that about her. And I kind of feel like you couldn't not love her, so mm-hmm. I wonder if that made it less likely for people to complain, because it was like, well, it's B. Arthur, so... Right, if it was Cher, then people exactly. already were like, oh, why did you show one for Mabel? Exactly. Left and right. If it's B. Arthur, they're like, oh, Maud. Okay. You silly twit. You yeah. silly scamp. <laughs> uh, so, in July of 1975, the first ad for tampons was aired. It was only aired in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Rochester, New York, and it was Procter and Gamble's Rely brand, which later on went out of production because it was linked to toxic shock. I was going to say, mm-hmm. is that where toxic shock syndrome came from? Yeah, uh, but because there weren't too many complaints about the commercial itself, Playtex followed soon after. Hmm. In 1985. Ten years later, mm-hmm. 
the word period was first heard on a TV commercial in reference to in reference menstruation. To, yeah. For tampons. Tampox. Tampox. Smallpox. Small. For smallpox. For tampax. I think there's a vaccine for that. Yes, but not for tampax. Not for tampax. Okay. And who do you think was the lucky actress on the tampax commercials who got to go down in history as the first woman to say period in a TV commercial? Uh, what year was this again? 1970, 85. 85? Brooke Shields. No, but that's a really good okay. guess. Um, Jane Fonda. No. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, one more guess. Uh, Want a hint? Yeah. She was also in a Bruce Springsteen video. Oh, wait a second. Courtney Cox? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. the timing, I guess, doesn't seem right. Right. But, I, okay, that makes sense. You just made me but... remember my Brooke Shields Barbie doll. Oh, <laughs> That's a good thought. Uh, so, the first birth control pill on a TV commercial was orthotricycline. Oh. Maybe you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. This was in the year 2000. Orthotricycline paid $13 million for a six-month ad campaign on television. And the commercials mostly focused on the fact that it improved acne. There was one mention of unwanted pregnancy. But generally, it was all about how How it would help. How better their skin would look. Exactly. Yeah. May 4th of 1987, so we're a little out of... Out of our timeline here, but yeah. that's okay. We're cool. May 4th of 1987 was the first time that a woman wearing a bra without clothes over top of the bra mm-hmm. was shown on television. And this was for Playtex. It was... Oh, the a, Playtex bra. Yes. Okay. It was a commercial for their Cross Your Heart bras called Glitter and Weekend. Oh. Which sounds so sexy. It's I'm sexy. sure they were. Yeah, they were probably <laughs> very pointy boobs. Mm-hmm. Yes. You could wear them for 18 hours. Mm-hmm. And yes, cross your heart. Yeah. So those, before that, if a person was in a brawl commercial advertising a brawl, they had to cl- have clothes on over their bra. Sure. Okay. Which I guess still, you could be like, look how it makes my boobs is, perky. Yes. And looks my nice back in the shirt. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. If it was on a mannequin in a commercial, it had to be a headless mannequin. Because <laughs> which sounds horrible. I know. Right? I'd rather people just n- cover their bra. Right. So that's how we now see these bra commercials. Okay. And now you think of Victoria's Secret, and it's like, jeez, boy, right. look how far we've come. Right. Okay, 1973. Again, we're kind of out of order here, but mm-hmm. we're moving along. 1973, the first. Female and first male nudity on TV both happened in the same year. Crazy ass PBS, the old educational PBS that later showed Barney, yeah, aired the play Steam Bath, where Valerie Perino, 30 years old at that time, played Meredith, and she was naked except for a towel draped around her neck to cover her boobs and a towel wrapped around her hips. Okay. You go, girl. Right. Just as scandalous, guess who was the first male on TV who showed his cute little butt? And it said, they, you said it was the same year? Yeah, 1973. 73. Yes. Is it, you're talking about a butt? Is it for Reynolds? Nope. No. Oh. 1973. You said little butt? Little butt. 
to the, to, but it's an adult. Yes. Just a little person. Yes. Okay. I think he's little. He seems well, little. I mean, okay. Uh, you can put him in your pocket. Oh. Um. It's not the. What kind? I know you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to help me. Um. It was the longest show running ever on television. Cheers. No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the Simpsons. It was Mash. Mash. Oh. Uh. Little guy. Yep. Uh. Radar. Yep. Radar. Yep. Shown as tush. Yep. Remember, he used to always have that teddy bear. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the 34th episode of MASH, Radar runs for cover from sniper fire in a towel, which he loses in the mayhem, and we all see his butt. And it is a quick glimpse, and if you blink, you'd miss it. Yeah. And I just keep thinking, like, they didn't have TiVo. They didn't have DVR. You could have right, rewind, rewind it. They couldn't rewind it. Right. You had to wait for it to, like, be a rerun. To like see a it year again. later. Like, you're not going to believe what we saw. Whatever. Right. No, you can, you got to watch it. Although I also think about, so obviously I watched it because I was like, I'm going to have to see this. Yeah. And I'm like, now you can like pause it. Right. And I wonder if he thought ever that that would be a possibility. Like, right. You know, he's like, oh, I'm going to show it so fast. Nobody it's going to be so notice. quick. No one's going to, no one's yeah. going to see it. They Who knew remember. that now we can pause it 50 years later. Make memes out of it. Old ladies like me would like hit pause to look right. at his butt. <laughs> see if it's hairy. Okay, so. Was it Harry? No. Okay. It was cute little butt. <laughs> 1975 saw the first gay couple and the first TV commercial for condoms. Hmm. There was a show called Hotel Baltimore based on a play. It only lasted one season, which portrayed sex workers, among other seedy characters. On this show, George and Gordon were a same-sex couple who lived at the hotel. Hmm. Also in 1975, that was a big year. Also in 1975, a local station in San Jose, California, aired a commercial for Trojan condoms. Mm -hmm. Trojan men. There you go. But the first national network to air a condom commercial wasn't until 1991. Huh. 91. When Fox Network had a 15-second condom commercial during a show aimed at teenagers called Howard's Head. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that coincidence? Head and hmm. condoms. Now, the, the roaring 90s mm-hmm. brought us more same-sex couples and firsts. 1991 was when the first female same-sex kiss was televised. And that kiss occurred on the show L.A. Law. Okay. Between characters C.J. and Abby. Mm-hmm. I'd never watched it, so did I. I don't know. Yeah. NBC received 85 viewer calls afterward, of which slightly more than half were negative. Huh. So they actually got some good calls. They did get some good good for them. Yeah, some people were like, you know what, good on you. Exactly. They were like, that's the best thing ever. Can you do that some more? Right. Also in 1991, the sitcom Rock, that's R-O-C for those who don't remember, mm-hmm was the first show to depict a married gay couple. And in fact, the wedding of the couple, played by Richard Roundtree, an African-American, and Stephen Poletti, a Caucasian, takes place in Rock's living room. So it's double whammy. They got right. They got interracial, same sex. Pulled out all the stops. I bet you they got lots of letters. Getting married. Yeah. Marriage. I'm sure they did. 
Yeah. And apparently the episode was very, like, um, emotional, maybe is the word, mm-hmm. or I'm not really sure what the word is. Dramatic, mm-hmm. I guess, because, like, the uncle shows up at Rock's house. He's like, hey, uncle. And then he's like, hey, kind of like, I have a friend coming over. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, actually, we're gay. Actually, we're getting married. So the whole thing was Rock was okay with this enough. It was not very, now we would be like, oh, that's so not politically correct. Right, right, right. Because right, Rock's right. like, I guess I can let this happen. I guess I yeah, can yeah, yeah. be okay with it. I love you because you're my uncle, even if I don't love you being gay. Yeah. And then some of the family, supposedly, like, in the show, didn't even come to the wedding because mm-hmm. they didn't agree with it. So, so yeah, I mean, it was a, it sounds pretty And feisty. that was in 91? Mm-hmm. 75 and 91 seemed to be the big years for, for this stuff. The big sexy years. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, then we see the first openly gay teenage character... On the soap opera One Life to Live. I was just going to say, was it on a soap opera? Yes. In 1993. I might have graduated from high school that year. (laughs) And the character, Billy Douglas, was played by... Take a guess. Someone famous now. Yes. Right? Correct. Uh, Let's see, what year? 1993. 93. So that is... I was thinking, because John Stamos was on... But he, that, was, that was before that. I think, I'm pretty sure it was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. He was on a... Um, is it... Is it like somebody that people still talk about being cute now? Yes. Okay. So is it like a... Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Is it like a Gosling? It's one of the Ryans. It's one of the and it's not your husband Ryan. Not my husband Ryan. Ryan. Um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Philippi. Yes. Ryan Philippi. Yes. Reese Witherspoon's ex. Yes. Huh. And I think that he would do a good job portraying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could see him filling that role mm-hmm. just perfectly. So our last first occurred in two thousand one. 21 very long years ago. Mm-hmm. The first on-air kiss between two guys. And it was on none other than Dawson's Creek. Oh, okay. The good old I never watched Dawson. Dawson's Creek. I watched Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I liked it a lot. People, people reference it all the time. Someone just referenced it not long ago. A thing about the West Memphis Three. It was on the last episode of Dawson's Creek that they said that one of the characters, I don't, like, I'm not even going to pretend to know who it was, but they said at the end of their, like, little monologue mm-hmm. for the, and, you know, kind of their last scene on yeah. the show, they said, the last thing they said was, free the West Memphis Three. Get out of here. No, get out. Oh. So, so, uh, Dawson's Creek, uh, so this kiss was between Jack McPhee, played by Kara Smith. And Ethan, played by Adam Kaufman. Hmm. So that was 2001, and that was the first kiss between two males okay. on TV. So isn't that crazy? To that think is about? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know my favorite gay couple ever on TV is from Schitt's Creek. Did you watch Schitt's Creek? Yes. Okay. And so... Is it David? Yes. His husband in the show. Yes. And they sing to each other. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, I, I do love them. I yep. do love them. They're, they're, they're up there definitely with my favorite. Yeah. Also, um, Shameless. 
mm-hmm. that we love so much. Yeah. When Ian, is that uh, his name? Yeah. When he came out to Fiona. Yeah. And he was like, I'm gay. And she's like, I know. And she's like, yeah. get dressed, you know, yeah. or whatever. And it's uh-huh. like such a nonchalant. And he's like, oh. Like he thought he was right. hiding it so well. He thought he was hiding it and he was not. Not a little bit, yeah. Um, I was thinking, now that we're talking about TV and um, when we were talking about navels earlier, <laughs> the first person that came to my mind was I, Chrissy from... Three's Company. Mm-hmm. Just she always had like the little baseball shirts on and True. the pigtails, and I was picturing her midriff. Um, and I'm not sure if they ever showed her navel, but that made me also then think about how Jack, back then, in order for Jack to move in with Chrissy and Janet, mm-hmm. or for Chrissy and Janet to move in with Jack, however it was, whoever had the apartment first, Jack had to pretend he was gay. I love how you said you weren't good at names, but you just pulled those right out of your ass. <laughs> that show I know. And the Ropers. And the Ropers. Yeah. But the fact that he had to act gay yeah. around his landlord in right. order to live with these two women. Right. In the meantime, there's a gigolo. <laughs> exactly. For, you know, for Larry, the yep. neighbor, for lack of a better word, yeah. who just went through women left and right. And that was cool. Mm-hmm. But Jack had to pretend he was gay. You know what else I literally just thought about? <clears throat> Did you ever watch Bosom Buddies? Yes, I was thinking about Bosom Buddies With the other day Tom too. Tom Hanks and I, I uh, hate that I don't know right, his name. Right, but they had they were just dressing and pretending to be women so yes. they could go to so they could live in that they apartment. Could live building. in that that building. It was only women. Was it was it a sorority? Uh uh-uh. uh no. It was just it an was apartment just an building. apartment building. I have you ever? I've never even heard, in my life heard of an apartment building that only women can live that in. That was right. Um, but I yeah I, I hadn't even thought about bosom buddies because I mean that could be like potentially like the first drag on right. TV. Uh-huh. I, mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I would imagine. Yeah, but it's but even, also even back then were you like they're not fooling anybody? How no. are they fe- fooling these ladies? They fooled everybody. Right. But how? <laughs> well, I guess because nobody would expect a man to do that. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look at Robin Williams when he was Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. And, but he had the ever. prosthetics. That's true. Just but at the same time, I could also see all of those shows, like um, Three's Company and Bosom Buddies. And I could see us now looking back just kind of grimacing. Yeah. Like well, how gay people are portrayed. Yeah. And and we've like I said we've come a long way. Well, even thinking back to a few, well, probably about four years ago, I had the flu, and you might remember I was out of work for a couple of days, uh-huh. and I binged Friends, mm-hmm. and I cringed as I binged because I thought <laughs> it was a binge. It cringe. was so. It was yes. It was a cringe binge. A cringe binge. It was like, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's still I love the show. It was so forward back then. It was so in with the times, and then you, you, you hear it, and you're like, God, did they have to say that? Right. Did they have to, you know, Reference even just something. Like, like, it made it seem like they were homophobic at certain times. There was an episode where it was Ross and someone. Okay. I can't remember if it was Chandler or Joey. Okay. Probably Joey. And there was a girl that was into both of them. Oh. And so they were like... Well, if we get with her, we just can't make eye contact. Gotcha. Remember? And it I, was I mean, just, I, I didn't, like, watch Right, and it was just like, how does it work? Like, what if it's dark? And what if we... 
accidentally. We can never touch. And just the, the, the interaction between the two of them being so grossed out at the fact that their bodies might touch. Got or it. they might make eye contact with each other while they're right. um, with consensually having intercourse with this woman. Right. Now I can't even remember if they ever, went ahead ever did them. that. I think they did. I think that's when they were on a break. You need and another then, cringe binge. I think maybe you need another cringe binge. And then yeah. Then you have all your facts straight. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're about wrapping it up for this. Yeah, that wasn't so bad. That was fun. That was fun. Yay. I learned some stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch the 34th episode of Mash, and there you go. Try to see Radar's butt. See a little butt. <laughs> all right. Well, we will see you all soon. Nope. But you'll hear us soon. You'll hear us soon. That's right. Yes. So thanks for hanging in there, guys. Thank we you. appreciate it. Later days.